people are concerned, well, what if, you know, um, the power doesn't work or there's a wildfire and it's taken out the power and you won't have the power to, to charge your car. And that's a valid concern. But keep in mind that if there isn't power uh, at a gas station, you can't fill up the gasoline powered car either. So, so they're even in that regard. It's a problem either way. Well, I'd have been against it, but they're back. Mark and Mike, it doesn't take a genius. Jackson! Hey, good to have you back, my friend. Um, we talked about the last time we were together, we talked about your book. Uh, this is uh, Tim Jackson, uh, a Colorado Automotive Hall of Fame member, a good friend of mine. Uh, and uh, we wanted to bring you back uh, just to talk about the the electric vehicles, the, the, the EV conversation. You have owned more different types, personally owned more different types of electric vehicles uh, than uh, anybody that I know. You've also gotten a fist fight, uh, you know, not physically, but uh, metaphorically with uh, with uh, the Tesla company. And so, uh, yeah, there's just so much to unpack here. So, so uh, we'll start with, uh, you know, what, what's, uh, what's, uh, what do you see as the greatest benefits uh, of electric vehicles? Why have you owned so many? And, and then we'll talk about maybe some of the things that, that, that could be challenges for, these, uh, for this adoption of this technology. Sure. Well, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for being, for being uh, uh, inviting me back onto your show. I love your show. And, your, and uh, uh, I think it's great that you have this podcast going on. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about some of my passions. And one of them, of course, is electric vehicles. So let me be clear up front that I think um, electric vehicles are very cool. Uh, they are, I believe, the future of automotive. Uh, I'm not sure they're the future of heavy trucking. What may, maybe getting, hopefully, get into that. Maybe there's better alternatives to uh, zero emission heavy trucks than there are these big, um, big batteries. But, um, but I also think that it should be a consumer pull that's driving it, and not a government push that's driving it. So, um, are they better for the environment? I think that they definitely are. The data that I've seen. Uh, it takes some carbon emissions to build an EV, but the data points that I've seen, and I've seen this one like two or three times in the last week, after about the first 20,000 miles, the EV has um, uh, achieved or surpassed the um, carbon neutrality of a, of a gasoline or, or diesel-powered car and will continue to get better and better, be more quote unquote emission free from then on. Um, All right. So, so let me, let me challenge you on that. Cause uh, I was watching yeah. somebody that was uh, from the EV industry and he, and he, he cited the same numbers uh, only he cited them. If the electric vehicle was charged from renewable energy sources, which 90 plus percent of our energy resources in America are fossil fuel based. But yeah, he said, yeah, if we could, if we could build the car, it's, it's gonna, it has a large carbon footprint in the, in the build. If we can charge it from renewable resources, yeah, in a short period of time, it becomes carbon neutral. It's a much longer period of time if you're charging that car and, and in the, that power is coming from a coal-fired power plant. Yeah, no, and I think that's right. Um, a lot of this data, and that's a good point that you raised, um, 
I happen to be in Denver and our, and our electric provider here is further ahead than most on uh, the zero emission capabilities. And they've promised, they've made big, bold promises that I don't know how they'll achieve, but that they think <laughs> they will achieve uh, zero emission capabilities by uh, uh, 20, it was 2050 and they've reduced it to, or brought it into 2040. So, um, but as, as we all know, the closer they get to that, the harder the, the, the last few miles will be um, to, to, to achieve that. So um, I think I, I will go with that and I will accept that um, modification or caveat to my earlier statement. But um, that's just on the, and the functionality of the car is um, um, gonna be more emission for your better on the environment after the first 20,000 miles. And of course, a lot of cars today will last, most cars today will last 250, 300, even 350,000 miles. That's why the average age of the fleet has now achieved 12.8 years. It's the oldest fleet on record. And here in Colorado, it's 13.1 years. So um, and the cars are built to last, uh, whether they're gas or electric. So uh, that, that, is, um, um, that is a key point. So yeah, the other, uh, one, of the, one of the advantages, let me hit on advantages of the EVs first and we'll go to, we'll come back and hit on some disadvantages. One of the advantages is performance. I think, you know, you never, when you, when you press that gas pedal, there's never a hesitation on, a, on an electric car. There can be on a gas car, especially a turbo powered gas car. So there's never any hesitation. It's always right there for performance. They overall perform better. They're faster out of the gate. They're faster on the open end. They're well, faster in the zero to 60. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes EVs made in the beginning was they didn't talk about how much fun they are to drive. Yeah. You've got, you've got instant torque, instant power. And then the thing that nobody talks about is the low center of gravity. With that battery pack just suspended down low, these things corner like like the old slot cars we had when we were kids. I mean, they just they corner magnificently. They accelerate. They handle well. And uh, you know, it wasn't until uh, you know Tesla's Plaid uh, came out that we started talking about the the capabilities uh, of these things as just fun cars to drive. No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, and uh, so uh, the other thing, it's it's nice to be able to and and um got two electric vehicles I can do this with right now, park it in the garage at night, wake up in the morning with a full tank of gas, basically. It's technically not a tank of gas, it's a full battery. But um, um, the, uh, so being able to leave the house with a full tank is, is, uh, is a, a noble goal and, um, and rewarding. Um, now there's, we'll come to that, the flip challenge is, when you're not on the uh, plugging in at home at night, or you're on the road for say, let's say a road trip, which are probably rare um, um, for most, but um, um, and we'll come back to that when we get to the disadvantages. Um, thirdly, I think they um, uh, they um, well we talked about performance. We talked about uh, having the full tank. We talked about the instant torque and the power and, and the likability for driving. Um, but I, I think too that um, there's things now we see with the Ford F-150 and with the 
Silverado EV coming and, and others, that you could actually power your home off your car if you lose power. So that's something that we would have never thought about. I would have never thought about, I'll, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, as, as being becoming a benefit. And it's something that we, we have to um, acknowledge is, is a built-in advantage of EVs over everything else. Um, um, for the utilitarian, for the small business owner, for the plumber or the electrician or the, or the pipe fitter or the, um, um, or, or the painter, to have all that power, no pun intended, out in the vehicle that they can, that they can go to and not have to re rely on uh, getting it from the residence or they're doing service with, or maybe there's not a residence built there yet. So those, those are all advantages. And um, um, those are, I think, the ones that I would uh, uh, cite as, as the first and foremost. And then I'm, of course, more than happy to talk about the challenges. One is, um, um, you want to go there? Yeah, let's uh, let's go there. You, as uh, somebody who's actually owned and driven a number of these things, I, I find it interesting that, that many of the pundits, uh, people talking about these things, have never owned one. And if they drove one, it was because the manufacturer loaned it to them for four or five hours. Uh, but but you've literally owned these things. Uh, and so so what is it that, you know, we talked about what you like. What is it that's a, that you've, you've found to be a downside? And, and what do you think going forward will be uh, potential obstacles? And, and to, to me, it's not a big downside, but some would view it as a downside. And that is the range or what, what has come to be known as range anxiety. So um, getting from point A to point B, what do I, will I have enough charge to get there? Then will, will there be a charger on the other end for me to recharge after I get there? And then thirdly, how long is it gonna to take to get that recharge? There's a couple of other, uh, what I would call uh, auxiliary uh, issues related to that. And one is um, in, the, in the dead of winter and really extremely cold weather, uh, the range is shorter than what you'd normally expect. And then uh, also it can be, I guess, in really hot weather, although I have, I have experienced it in really cold weather. I haven't experienced it so much in the really hot weather, but I'm told that, that there can be a loss of range in the, in the really cold or really hot weather. And um, um, people are concerned, well, what if, you know, um, the power doesn't work or there's a wildfire and it's taken out the power and you won't have the power to, to charge your car. And that's a valid concern. But keep in mind that if there isn't power uh, at a gas station, you can't fill up the gasoline powered car either. So, so they're even in that regard. It's a problem either way. Mm -hmm. So what's the, uh, you know, you live out, uh, you live in a, in, a, in a wonderfully huge state. Um, so have you driven your, your electric vehicle to, to Glenwood Springs, to Gunnison, to, uh, you know, how, how do you, uh, have you navigated the distance in this and what did you find was, uh, was a challenge or, or was there even a challenge? Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, so, um, and your viewers may wonder what, what are all those vehicles that I've had? One is, uh, my first was a Ford Mustang Mach-E. I ordered it the first day the order bank came open. And then uh, uh, it was the first one delivered in Colorado. I had that, it was a company car, technically not my own. It was on a lease. And um, 
I put the first 25,000 miles on that car. Never had any problems with it, by the way. Not, not a single one. And I drove it all over the state of Colorado to places like you mentioned, Glenwood Springs, to places like Craig, Colorado, Steamboat Springs, Grand Junction, Glenwood Springs, Aspen, Breckenridge, out on the uh, up north to Loveland and Fort Collins, out east to Sterling, Yuma, and Ray, uh, and to the south, like Colorado Springs, uh, Pueblo, and Trinidad. Uh, uh, one of the few places that I would have liked to have taken it I didn't get to was one of the furthest places you can go and still be in Colorado, and that's Durango, and that's about a seven-hour drive one way. Um, but but there was always always got to my destination without a without a sweat, without you know a concern, with no white knuckles, and always had a charger on the other end that would charge it so I could get back or get to the next destination. Um, so we've had that vehicle and I've had, a, um, and this was my wife's car, but it was owned by us. And this was a Kia Nero EV and that worked very well. And then, uh, then now she has a, a Kia EV6. And, uh, and in the meantime, I bought a, a Ford F-150 Lightning. And, uh, um, uh, and then we just bought a, and this is a PHEV, but it qualifies for the uh, um, for the um, for the tax credit and counts as California emissions, and uh, it's called a um, uh, it's a Jeep Grand Cherokee PHEV. Yep. The uh, so you talked about uh, those are amazing vehicles, all of them on the cutting edge. So so let me ask you this: you talked about it being a a a, a push rather than a, 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 a rather than a push from the government it needs to be a pull from the consumer uh, were you able to take advantage of the tax credit for all of those purchases well the company did on the company vehicle and then i did on the f-150 the kia nero and the kia v6 and i will this year on the jeep grand cherokee PHEV. so yeah there's a lot of tax credits in there <laughs> the state and federal and colorado's got one of the most generous uh, tax incentives in the country and it goes back to five thousand dollars this year wow so so taxpayers have have augmented your car purchase to the tune of what sixty thousand dollars <laughs> for all of those yeah yeah for all of them combined it's like close to thank it. you thank you good citizens <laughs> yeah. let's say 50 plus anyway 50 yeah yeah plus. yeah 50, 50 plus thousand yeah that's uh Wow. You know, it's something when you think about it, until you said that, I didn't even think about that. You think about an individual tax credit and it's like, okay, they got 7,500, you know, whatever it might've been for their particular car. But yeah, when you think about people buying multiple cars, you go, whoa, <laughs> that, that adds up to, that's more than the annual household income in America <laughs> for some family, yeah. the average family. I think it's their part of their DEI program. <laughs> uh, maybe because I'm a now considered a senior. So diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're including me. Yeah, they're definitely including you. Uh, so yeah, that's that seems unsustainable as a <laughs> and what is the what's the limit? After they manufacture so many cars, what's do you remember the number? Then the tax credit goes away. Uh, well that in the new one under the new um, infrastructure act. That's not a component of that. So there's, oh, wow. there's, I mean, it goes away on a date, which I believe is 
uh, maybe 2027 or 2028, but it doesn't go away on the number of vehicles. Oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah, there's no longer a cap on the number of vehicles. So all these electric vehicles will qualify up till that date. Unless yeah. extended. Now, not all of them qualify. So we need to point that out. So check with your tax attorney or your tax advisor. Not all of them qualify. Definitely, definitely. So uh, you, one of them that's notably absent from the list is uh, Tesla. I didn't buy a Tesla yet. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, so tell us more, Tim. Well, I'm I'm not a fan of Tesla. I am a fan of the franchise dealer network, and uh, uh, maybe I'm prejudiced that way. I did work for the dealer association for 18 years, but I, I for the same reasons that advantages that Ransom Eli Old saw in 1898 and uh, uh, Henry Ford saw in 1908, uh, I still see in 20 here in 2023. Uh, it's an efficient uh, way of distribution. It serves all of America or all the world better than uh, factory owned stores just in major metropolitan areas. Uh, it drives competition for a better price on the product. Um, you know, that price advantage can become a disadvantage in a very tight market. Yes, but according to JD Power data, um, and I wanna state this right, over 90%, these are pre-COVID numbers, over 90%, it, it honed in on 95% of the new vehicles sold, say in 2019, uh, pre-COVID, sold at or below MSRP. And over half of them sold for under MSRP. By the way, I'll never buy a Tesla at anything under MSRP because whatever I buy it for is the manufacturer's uh, suggested retail price. Now, Tesla has dropped that MSRP like 13 times so far this year, it seems like, but um, but it's still the MSRP, so you'll never buy it under that. The other the other thing I have a concern about, and not just Tesla, I don't want to single them out, but for the factory direct model, is is there any competition or ally on the service side to get those vehicles serviced in a timely manner, in an efficient manner, in an effective manner? Those are the complaints that we see. I see the most on Tesla is not enough service capacity, service facility, and not enough service in the service uh, to satisfy the con consumer. Well, and, and yeah, you raised some great points. And it's interesting to see manufacturers moving towards Tesla's model versus moving away from it. I know, you know, with Ford, uh, you know, you, you know, they split the company into two pieces. One's, uh, you know, internal combustion, one's electric. And if you want to sell their their electric vehicles in the future, you you have to put up over a million dollars, and you have to promise to sell the cars at the sticker price that, that the factory puts on them. And so, yeah, you're seeing this move towards you know Tesla's model uh, and away from from the traditional model that we have, even by very traditional manufacturers. Yeah, well, and I think we're seeing that first in Europe. It may come to the U.S. more than it has. But um, uh, so far, in the, just speaking for those that, that I've had communications with, dealers are, um, a lot of them like the new Ford program and they're buying into that at the, um, at the program levels that, that Ford rolled out. So um, um, more are than aren't. And, uh, and the word, the feedback that I got, most were satisfied with it. I'm not saying they all are in, um, and I'm concerned about any about any that aren't satisfied with it. 
but um, but more are than aren't or satisfied with it. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a uh, yeah, number of guys are you know they're they're excited about it. There's also a, uh, I think there's some stores that group together with a little uh, class action, uh, you know, to 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 push back on the program to some extent. So. So yeah, there again, with any innovation, uh, yeah, you're gonna have early adopters, you're gonna have uh, you know, the laggards, people who, who like things to stay the same. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to see how all this turns out. It's kind of exciting to be in the midst of it. And it's exciting to talk to someone like you, who, who you, like you said, you dove in feet first day one, <laughs> right? When you had the, the opportunity. And uh, just so you know, Tim is legendary for being the first customer of every restaurant that opens in Denver, Colorado. Um, I sure try. And so uh, I, when you said that, yeah, you were the first one to, uh, to purchase a, a, a Mach-E, uh, the Ford fully electric Mustang in, in Colorado, I was not at all surprised. So <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you see next? Uh, you, are you liking your lightning? Uh, how's that working out for you? Well, I, I didn't keep the lightning uh, <laughs> a long time. I kept it for a while. Uh, it was an extra vehicle. And I told the dealer when I ordered it, I says, I'm going to order this, but I'm not sure that I really need it. I just want it, you know? And uh, so I took delivery on it. I loved it. I uh, had it for about uh, two to three months. And, um, but I sold it back to that same dealer. And that was when they were very short on them and a really high demand for them. He was glad to get it back. Uh, he wasn't glad for, he wouldn't have been glad for me not to take it after having ordered it because they're held to um, an 80% delivery mm -hmm. standard. And they were like 80.2%. So I said, well, I'm not going to be the one to get you penalized. So I'm going to take delivery on it. So I did take delivery and kept it for a while. Um, took it to things like, um, um, you know, uh, tailgate parties at a Broncos game, things like that. And got some really nice and fun use out of it. But, um, but yeah, I didn't keep it a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. So what uh, what's uh, what's the next one on your list? Are you eyeing uh, a future purchase? I am eyeing several. I, I can tell you my short list. I'd really like to have the Porsche Taycan. That's a high end car, and I, I know uh, it will. It's great now. It'll continue to get better. I'd love to have the Taycan in the garage. I'd love to have the new Kia EV9, which is a three row SUV. And if it's as wildly popular as the Telluride, uh, it's going to be really hard to get for quite a while. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see the, the next generation of the Polestar, I believe it's called the Polestar 3, which is an SUV there. I'm anxious to see the uh, General Motors Equinox. Oh, I do have a Cadillac Lyric, uh, the Cadillac EV on order, and, uh, but mine's an all-wheel drive, so it won't, it's not due in until 2024. And, um, uh, so, and I'm looking forward to an, the Silverado EV, but it'll be just like my Ford Lightning, I really can't justify keeping it a long time. Right, right. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, you know, you've become a true, you know, some people collect uh, wine, uh, cigars. Uh, apparently, you've become an electric vehicle aficionado. Yep. Uh, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, any, uh, any last words uh, about EVs to, to, our, to our listeners, uh, both of them? The, um, yeah, no, EVs are... Drive what you want. I'm, I'm a believer in freedom to drive and freedom to uh, drive a vehicle of your choice. But uh, try out an EV before you uh, attack it for not being uh, relevant or uh, long-term good. They are, they are a fun ride and I think the future of automotive. 
And I do appreciate the opportunity to be on with you again today and uh, look forward to maybe joining you again when we get further along with the book. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, excited uh, for the book opportunity towards the end of this year and uh, uh, always excited to have you on as a guest. Uh, and just so everybody knows uh, who's listening, both of you, uh, when Tim cites all these numbers, there's not a piece of paper in front of him. It's all stored in his wonderful cranium. Uh, and that, that that's always fascinated me about you. That, yeah, yeah, you could recall uh, childhood friends, mom and dad's phone numbers. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just, just blows me away. Uh, so always glad to have you. We're going to throw it over to our announcer, uh, Mr. Wolf, and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Thanks, Tim. Hey, thanks so much. And that's it. Join us next time when you'll hear Mike say, well, I'm sure he'll say something pithy. Don't miss it. Next time, it doesn't take a genius. That's good enough.